Downloading verbally committed. Welcome to verbally committed. Well, first of all, what kind of mythical powers does a sun devil have? We've got to consider that. Verbally? Yeah, yeah, you like that one? Let that one soak in for a minute. Committed. Well, what do you think? What kind of questions are? I mean, I'll answer your questions, not your insults. I'm not going to, so quit asking. What else do you want to know? See, I'm bitterly disappointed. Can't make that any more clear. Now, Connor Ryan and Mike Gilligan. Hello, everyone. Verbally Committed, episode number 29. Happy Merry Everything to you. Uh, <laughs> Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. All of it. I'm Connor Ryan. Not Mike Gilligan. Don't What's forget don't forget Kwanzaa. Well, I, uh, and I mean Hanukkah. That's why I said Merry Happy Everything. I know, but still, Christmas Hanukkah Kwanzaa. Isn't that what they used to say in like middle school? He's like, Merry Christmas Hanukkah Kwanzaa. <laughs> random kid on your bus. Be like, okay, kid, shut up. <laughs> joke always on uh, uh, the bus number 33, by the way. That was that was mine. That's uh, crazy. I still remember that. Bus one. Easy wow. to remember. Bus one. You know Good little fun fact about myself, and a never have I ever that everyone is usually both shocked and offended by. I never rode the bus to school. Huh. I, uh, wow. I you the just a little son of a bitch. I know, I know. I the timing of everything worked out. I was terms- always one of those. My wife just told me uh, about her bus situation, um, but my bus it was too late. Yeah. <laughs> okay no but it was just, the same way back in the same way to school so like if you were one of the first kids picked up you were the one of the last ones dropped off like it sucked you were on the bus for like an hour each way um i will always be envious of evan little because he was the last kid picked up on a route and he was always the first kid to get dropped off like that i think that changed me uh as a person like i think i'd be a completely different human being if that hour had been spent at home or like at a friend's house rather than always on the bus. I don't know. I don't know how that would have changed my character, but I do believe that. Um, my wife, <laughs> hers, was always flipped by like quarter or semester, like basically, or by month or week. I can't remember, but like they would switch so that you would either have like, if you were the first person picked up in the morning, you were the first person dropped off uh, after school, but then like, vice versa the next week or month you might be the last person picked up before school but then you're the last person to get off the bus coming home see that uh, you know what i don't hate that it just it sounds pretty fair but just really inefficient in terms of uh, an actual route but i guess that's what they're going for they're saying screw forget the gas I'm also going to for our students. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, she also lived in like uh, the small, you've been there, Winside, Nebraska, smallest possible town in the world, basically 400 people. So um, I wonder if that was a, we say, boy, that's not very efficient, but to them, it was probably like a difference of like 10 minutes. Like, you're probably right. You could drop kids off in the middle of town and it took them like 30 seconds to walk home in any direction. Um, but yeah, that I truly like your coffee discussion last week. I truly believe I'd be a different person today. It, shout out Dave's coffee that costs you like 20 bucks. Uh, <laughs> no, no, no. Like five. Does it, five? You pay five bucks for coffee? It's not a coffee. It's a latte. It's, it's different. Oh it's a, it's extra. Add, add not... another espresso. No, no, no. So I, it's like three and change. 
I add an extra espresso shot for a dollar, and then I added peppermint mocha as a flavor today. So I think that was like sixty cents or something like that. So that's it's another an extra dollar sixty tax. I add a tip. So all in all, it's usually like a six six and change uh, experience. I'm usually a, a around around a dollar guy through the app. I it's a little trickier, but um in terms of a tip there, but yeah, it's a five or $6. It, it's going to, you know what? I'm going to be wired. I'm going to be chugging along tonight. I'm going to be getting things done. You know, I need to wrap presents still this, actually, to be honest with you. I just finished that actually, but I'm just also going to say this and throw this out there. You are not helping your, uh, your image of being entitled or like being privileged here. Why? Oh, I never, I never took the bus to school. <laughs> I have a latte. I pay six bucks a cup. I pay a dollar seventy five, and every fifth day it's free at Casey's. That's what I do. Yeah, but I mean, Except come on. I made, co- I made coffee at home because we're in a blizzard. Didn't feel like stopping at the gas station on the way to work. I don't buy black coffee out. To be honest, I make that at home. And then if I go and buy a coffee, it's going to be like a latte. That's my my mindset, okay. essentially. So, so yeah, I don't know. Uh, FYI, if anyone's looking, if, if anyone's trying to get Gilly a last-minute gift idea, Dave's coffee gift card. But I'm sorry, your $25 that you give him is only going to go to like <laughs> two cups of coffee. You know what? They offered to um, – I there's not many people that they offer this to, but um, here we go again. Your 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 privilege is just going through through the roof right now. (laughs) Jesus Christ! They they gave me the option to uh, to open an account, which is kind of cool. Which is it's just usually it's when it's weird with COVID. It's not the same, but the idea is that that you would just order and they would just like I would have I don't know five hundred dollars on my that I had deposited with them or something like that. And they would just charge it to my little, essentially it's a gift card that they keep on hand. It's really not that complicated, but it's very cool looking if you're in line and they, they're just like, Oh Mike, good to see you. And they like, just make it swipe it. There's it's a trick, like nothing. You do nothing. You just kind of walk in and you're like, yeah. So I, I have not done that, but just knowing it was offered to me pretty cool. That's a, that was a win for, for me as a, a lifelong Dave's coffee fan, but Hey, Got to support local businesses. Gilligan. I, I'm going to be fair too. I'm going all out until I uh, until I move. I won't be in Charlestown for for a whole whole lot longer. So I got to go out with a bang. I gotta I gotta make these people really be like, man, that Mike kid. We miss him. So I feel like I'd rather just keep paying the way I do and and thinking of it as six bucks a, a pop rather than like having a five hundred dollar. Uh, set limit because then in like three weeks when that's up, you're gonna be like, Oh my god, I just spent $500 in that amount of time. What is wrong with me? That is true, that is true. So, I in granted, you're right, you're right. It's it's more about the uh, I feel like especially summertime, that'd be such a cool vibe though. If it like normal Dave's coffee times where it's like not COVID, I should say, but like where it's packed and then it's just like, Oh, that guy, that guy didn't even pay. What's his deal? And he's like, oh, he's got an account with us. Damn. You get the cut through like the vet. You get have like a velveted rope that like no one else. Everyone's like, I don't even know what that line is for. And then you just walk up and you're like, you're like, oh, Mike, here you go. Here's your third one today. And you're like, thanks. Put it on the black card, fellas. I'll see you later. You're going to laugh and say I'm privileged, but that's uh, that's <laughs> happened before where I'm in line and they make my latte when it's like 10 people ahead of me. <laughs> it's like they know I'm there. How cool is that? That's what you want. That's what you want from a an experience where you're a local, especially too in the summertime in Charlestown. A lot what? of tourists. So if they recognize me, boom, vanilla bourbon latte. You know that's what? my go-to. They know. That's fine. The rest of us are going to earn our coffee by standing in line and waiting on the bus to go to school, Michael. You know what? I salute to you. That used to be I've me. I've learned uh, lessons that you will never know. <laughs> Life lessons yeah, I, that you'll never, never know. 
I know I've never leaned my my head against the uh, the cold, icy window of a bus on the way to school in silence, like I'm you sure never, you did many times. You never got to uh, never got to cram for a test at the last second on the bus. True, which that is a downside because I was either in the beginning. Oh yeah, of my oh, career, sorry, you got to sleep in. I was getting rides because my mom. So my mom taught at the same school that I went to for elementary school. So that's why I was like, boom, I'm never going to take the bus to school. Uh, downside is I had to stay late. Middle school, my brother, uh, fifth grade, when middle school started for us, my brother was a senior in high school. Um, so he drove me to school. I got to ride in the front seat. No big deal. His friends had to ride in the back. It was, a, I think, a contentious decision being made by my parents. But uh, I think I'm better off from it. Um <laughs> Yeah, no, here you go. Your privilege again. I got to ride in the front seat. <laughs> no, my brother was so mad. I say I say it because my brother was so mad when they said that. I didn't know my, I didn't know my place. Yeah. You listen to 95.5 on the way there. And in yeah. sixth grade, my sister became a permanent sub. So she started bringing me to school. My mom would kind of fill in the gaps when she was, oh, no, I was at the middle school too. So she was um, willing to do that. And then my brother-in-law drove me for a little bit. And then before you know it, um, my mom was retired and she was like, Hey, do you want me to drive you to school? I was like, okay, sure. But I couldn't study on the way because, I mean, that's a slight downside of having only a 10 to 15 minute ride to school. It was just. <laughs> this is unbelievable, unbelievably <laughs> privileged. This is unreal. I mean, I hope the listeners just... can, can see or uh, can hear your face. The, they can uh, feel it. The look you just gave me. <laughs> I think they can feel it because I think everybody else had to go through life this a similar way, but uh, you just got, you've been able to just skate by uh, without having to wait in line or wait for the, the bus to school. But um, let's move on. We're, we're presented by Couch Guy Sports. Go check out couchguysports.com, blogs, other podcasts. Uh, I wrote my, my finale blog for the bachelorette, uh, today. Um, spoiler alert. Do you watch it at all, Gilly? I you know what? I, I did not. I did not. Okay. So you can, you can she picked Zach. There you go. There. Spoiler Z-A-C, alert. She picked Zach. Right. Yeah. Yeah. ZAC Clark. It was kind of a, I don't know. It was a good season. I, I appreciate Tasha. She was a good bachelorette. Great bachelorette, actually. Um, way better than what we got started with with Claire. So. Thanks, Tasha, for uh, a good season. But that was a good one. She was really good. I, I respected her. She made – she, you know, you've watched the show. You know how, like, you get a rose um, or you don't get a rose. And basically, if you don't get a rose, you kind of, like, get just shocked and you're like, well, you get a hug on the way out, but that's about it. Um, she would most of the time actually, like, pull the guys aside and, be like, explain to them, like, this is why you are leaving, which I thought was nice. Like, you know, yeah. you don't usually get that sort of closure and or clarity on a reality TV show. Um, so I appreciate that from her. She, I, I likened it to um, like a, in, I guess in football and or basketball too, like a senior at, you know, their, their final game and maybe their team's losing by like 15, but you know, rather than their coach will pull them out of the game early so they can get a round of applause from the crowd or whatever. That's, that's kind of what it's like rather than just like, making them play to the end and it's like oh congrats you you know got to play in your last game the whole time but like never got the adoration from the crowd you deserved she would kind of do that so i appreciate that from her but go check that out couchguysports.com uh, again other your blogs are very funny you're very tapped into the bachelor memes i always appreciate reading those and it's like oh uh, that's a pretty funny meme. i think the one this week with uh with chris harrison with like a gun <laughs> i just well, that's that been everywhere 
<laughs> no, I know. The gun ones. That, Chris Harrison carried this season too. I got to admit, like before, I I used to like that guy was privileged. I mean, that guy gets paid how many millions of dollars to just show up every once in a while and be like, "Fellas, final rose tonight. Good luck." And uh, like that'd be it. That's all he did. Like, or he would just be that the segue guy of like, uh, you know, hey, here's the card for the group date. Somebody else read it. I'm the I'm out of here. He talked for like 45 seconds an episode. Um, plus the voiceovers of like, you'll never believe what happens next week on The Bachelor. And it's like girls mad at each other. No way. I had no idea. Uh, but <laughs> like, that's all he did. But he carried this season. He did a good job. I, I can see where people appreciate Chris Harrison now. So um, he's one of the most talented uh, reality TV hosts, I will say. Yeah. I'll, between him and um, Jeff Prost from Survivor, I think that those two are like the top two of like reality TV show hosts. I think, um, yeah, they, they take the cake for me. And actually, the Amazing Race guy. I appreciate that guy, too. He's dope. I forget his name. He's <laughs> just New Zealand. Amazing Race guy. Well, um, he, he's got his little accent. I always forget. But Matt James, by the way, speaking of which, college football guy, former uh, really? uh, Wake Forest Deacon. Oh, oh yeah. Okay. He was a college teammate to, uh, to Tyler C., also a bachelor guy. Tyler C., yeah, that's true. Isn't that funny? Yeah, how about that? Wake Forest, there's a lot. Of, uh, I was going to say Dale Moss, the guy that won, uh, or I guess not really won, but kind of Claire chose because she's crazy. Um, he played basketball at South Dakota State, and we, we kind of talked about that, I think, maybe a few weeks ago. Kind of a Marcus Smart type guy. Not a lot of points, but got things done. Played plenty of minutes, but you know, just not a lot of points. He, he did things that didn't show up in a box score. You always need one of those guys on your team to be successful, um, to be a good team. You have to have one of those guys. So, uh but yeah, uh, Chris Harrison, Claire sucked. She was crazy at the beginning, but he did a good job of like when she destroyed the entire show, like he wasn't yelling at her. He didn't like get mad at her. He wasn't like, you are crazy. Get the fuck out of here. Uh, he was like that supportive friend who was like, you're crazy, but that's okay. Like, but this isn't what you're doing isn't okay. Like he, it was a fine line and he, he towed it perfectly. So, yeah. um, but anyways, we're, we're a college foot basketball, football, college sports podcast, not a bachelorette podcast. So uh, we'll try to end it there for you. The bachelorette talk, but the bachelor coming up soon, Matt James, like Gilly said, the uh, demon deacon, but um, and talking about South Dakota state basketball or just college basketball in general, let's start there, Gilly. Uh, and we had one of the more high profile games of the year get played this past week with Gonzaga beating Iowa. Gonzaga won by 11, which is impressive because Iowa's been really good this year. But you think Luke Garza's a runaway player of the year candidate? Yeah, I really do. I think, I mean, Garza's numbers throughout the, the start of the season have been unreal. Um, it's, it feels like he's putting up 30 and 11 every every time he's out on the floor. Um, he still played well against Gonzaga. Um, however, it really was Gonzaga's game uh, from pretty much the uh, start of it on. I think they had like a 14-point uh lead at halftime so I, I even though the it was within 11 by the end of it i think it was pretty much gonzaga the whole way through from what i saw and actually i just checked too <laughs> luke garza actually literally put up 30 and 10 and two assists so <laughs> it's a par for the course for him this year so it's just it's crazy especially if iowa remains a top 10 and maybe even top five team throughout the like the whole season i think uh national player of the year is easily his um which again it might be boring it might not be a fun sleeper pick, but I, I just think that odds are ever, ever in his favor. Um, and then Gonzaga, man, they look good. I can't wait for them to uh, kind of be a little, little more battle tested throughout the season. I think they have one more game against Virginia, 
which should be kind of their last real test before they go into conference play where it's outside of like a BYU or a St. Mary's. Um, it's a, it's a rather limited, uh, schedule for their conference. Uh, mm-hmm. but still it should be fun. Although it is, it is interesting though. Cause a team like that with Gonzaga, um, if they, if they've proven they can hang with the best of them, they beat Kansas, they beat West Virginia. Um, they didn't get to play Baylor. I don't think that's nope. being rescheduled. They obviously beat Iowa. Um, they'll probably beat your university of Virginia in all honesty, to ramp down the schedule like that, that'll be an interesting thing to see at the end of the season where it's like, all right, it's March time. Sure. You've been, you, you beat up on the, uh, uh, the kind of perennial national threats at the beginning of the season, but are you playing down to your competition in the next 16 to 20 games of the season against your, uh, conference opponents? So I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of curious to see how that plays out. And, um, yeah, I mean, down the road too, because I, I, I just, it seems like for a team like Gonzaga that's going to be as good as they are on a consistent basis year in, year out, at some point, does it make sense for for them to join the Pac-12 or a conference like that? I Just to kind of keep that higher level of competition throughout, you know what I mean? Because it's, mm-hmm. especially with a, a non-conference schedule being so volatile, um, and granted, they're going to get the respect they want, so they can probably play whoever they want on a yearly basis. But at the end of the day, I don't know. I, I feel like it's tough to make a deep tourney run if your last 15 games were against teams that are probably unranked or at least on the peripherals of the um, the top 40. So that's my that's my little Gonzaga rant. So eyes up. We'll see. Um, but shout out to Santa Clara and BYU because I think they're going to be interesting in the WCC. But BYU, I think BYU had a big win last week, but um, no, I, I'm, I'm kind of with you there. I agree with you. It, it's one of those where it's like March is a long, long ways from now. Uh, yeah. Obviously, they look great now, but uh, teams change, uh, and you never know. There might be some sort of weakness in the armor that we just can't see or nobody's found yet with Gonzaga that, like you said, a Santa Clara or St. Mary's or uh, BYU is just going to somehow be able to find. And all of a sudden it's like, hey, guess what? Gonzaga actually doesn't defend a three ball well. Or like Gonzaga doesn't uh, – you know, if you can get offensive boards against them, it's over. Like I don't know what it is. Um but there could be like that very small thing that's all of a sudden like, oh, like they can't do that at all. Um, best of, you know, if you have that, then you're golden against Gonzaga. So uh, it'll be interesting. But uh, another story there, Keontae Johnson uh, from Florida out of the hospital. We, had, we hadn't really talked about that. So but that's still good news uh, here at the end of 2020. Yeah, yeah, no, that was a, a really scary situation. Um, so I'm glad that it's uh, he's looking like he's doing better. Um, and out of the hospital now. So yeah, no prayers to, to him and his family and in Florida in general, because that must have been such a scary um, situation to to kind of go through, even if you're a teammate and whatnot, that's, that's just like traumatizing and terrifying. So I'm glad he's doing better. So hopefully, hopefully we'll see uh, him again soon. How about Rutgers? <laughs> wow. A, I, I mean, this is a, a bad segue from, from that heavy subject, but I mean, you got to rip the bandaid off at some point, but man, Rutgers is just, uh, they're six and zero. uh, they beat Illinois the other day. They're, they're beating Ohio state at the, as I speak right now, uh, just started the second half, but they're up by six. I mean, man, yeah. things looking up no. for the Scarlet Knights all of a sudden. Yeah, no. And I, I think we had, because you were high on them at the end of last year, yeah. Um, hence, hence, why you kind of expected them to to make a deep turning run in our um, imaginary. Uh, deep, I'm winning single game. 
Oh, did you? Uh, okay, yeah, just one game. Well, you were you were high on them though. I, just I was. You, yeah, I you made me flip them. a coin for it, you son of a bitch. <laughs> but don't you um, feel foolish now? Well, they're a year older. They're they're a different team than they were at the end of last March. Um, but <laughs> um, it, it, the Illinois win though, that's wild to me because I I really was getting higher and higher on Illinois, um, as a uh, kind of a, a national threat sort of, and they've kind of fallen off a little bit. They're but five and three. Yeah, it's kind of I don't know. I think they they have like the uh, the appeal of kind of a oh a, a national darling sort of. Or it's like ooh, everyone wants to be that have that program back. They're almost like a uh, almost like the Texas of the college basketball community in a way, um, not to the same uh, degree. But I think that there's just something about Illinois basketball, almost like a St. John's, where it's like everyone just wants them to be back. So it's like oh, they might be good. I think they're back and like really props them up a little bit higher than they should be. Um, so I think we've kind of, we've got to taper our expectations a little bit. Um, however, um, yeah, no, I mean, big 10 is going to be so fun mm-hmm. if they pull, if Rutgers, um, beats Ohio state, they very well, very well could slide into the, uh, the top 10. And then depending on how they do against Iowa, um, I think after the new year, they could, <laughs> they could be talking themselves into a, a top five, uh, positioning if they take care of business right now, they're undefeated. So. Let's let's see how how long that rides out. It's, it's they're fun. They're fun to watch too. In all honesty, they are. I, what I will say for Illinois though is two of their three losses have come against ranked teams, um, and only one was not a close game. Baylor, uh, they got beat pretty handedly by thirteen. Uh, they lost to Missouri on the road by three. Okay, I guess you can chalk one up as to that's going to happen. Um, and they lost on the road against again an undefeated Rutgers team. By three. Let's not forget, though, this is also an Illinois team that went to Cameron Indoor and spanked Duke. So uh, it's not like Illinois is like uh, when you say five and three, I think that does need some context because you're like, wow, they're only a couple of games above 500 for this this program that we thought was going to be so good this year. They've lost two of their three games against ranked teams, two of them on the road, but they've also gone to Cameron Indoor, which granted it's probably not the same as years past uh, with no fans there to say we went into Cameron Indoor and won. I mean, you might as well be playing at the local YMCA and say that uh, as compared to Cameron Indoor in a year where fans are there. But um, still for Illinois, I think their five and three record does uh, need some context as to uh, uh, before panic, I should say. True. True. Um, yeah. And Kofi Cockburn, one of the best names in college sports. That's just such a cool name. It's just, it's awesome. I mean, what are they, there's just nothing bad about it. That's like one of the coolest names I think I've ever seen in college sports. Kofi Cockburn. That's just it's a good one. That'd be a great Jersey. No matter where, no matter where he's at. <laughs> um, but in terms of Rutgers too, though, um, that Ron Harper jr. I, I, remember him being relevant last year i think he is like uh he might have been on the all big 10 team or something like that to give some accolades but he's been really playing well so it's it's um it's interesting to see in terms of a kind of uh of an nba pedigree uh the son of ron harper who many will remember uh back in the day as a i think he was a laker for a stretch um mm-hmm. and then a cav as well but um and actually with the bulls too with uh mj yeah um, dance yeah, true, true. But um, but yeah, no. Shout out Rutgers. We hope you're listening, Rutgers. We're we're at that point now where uh, NBA 2K starts to bleed over into real life. Remember that uh, 2K, you'd be in your franchise draft and you start drafting James Harden Jr. 
or uh, <laughs> guys like that. You start they start just throwing the junior in there, which is kind of funny. Games to look forward to this weekend. Uh, actually, Christmas Day, Wisconsin, Michigan State, big time Big Ten game uh, between those two schools. That should be a really fun one on on Christmas Day. Um, Michigan, Nebraska on on Christmas, and Iowa, Minnesota. Iowa, Minnesota could be sneaky good. Minnesota's seven and one. Iowa's seven and one. We just kind of covered Luke Garza and Iowa. They're obviously very good, uh, but that could be a sneaky one there. Right now, lines are just five and a half for Iowa, so I think that could be a good game there. Uh, between you would look at it in four against unranked blowout, but I don't think that's going to be the case. I think Minnesota could be uh, pretty good in that one. And then, um, of course, the big game of the weekend, Saturday, Gonzaga going up against Gillies, Virginia Cavaliers. Uh, does Virginia, I think Virginia, if anyone stands a chance, Gilly, be Virginia in that defense, right? It's, it's like a wrench you could throw into the, the gears of Gonzaga and. All of a sudden, they you know they kind of trip over themselves going up against that uh, Tony Bennett defense. Yeah, I would say so. Um, it is tricky though because I I feel like this is not this Virginia team doesn't seem like they're they're ready for the uh, I don't know the the big time in terms of a, a top five top ten opponents. Um, granted, they've been okay. They've been four and one. They've only lost to uh, San Francisco. Um, actually, San Francisco in the WCC that Gonzaga plays in. Ironically enough. Um, so they really haven't been tested otherwise. They've beaten Towson. Um, what is that? SFPA? I don't even know. Stephen Francis of something, yeah. Oh, you're right. Yeah, St. Francis of PA. Yeah. The red flag is how could I forget? Um, <laughs> <laughs> Kent State and then William and Mary. So it's like they really haven't been tested. I, I, I don't know. I would personally, I would expect Gonzaga to roll. Um, but then again, I mean, William and Mary, another D1 program, you hold them to 40 points in a game. That's pretty darn good. I don't care who you are, especially if they scored 76. That's the thing that we, I think, or at least I didn't expect kind of coming into this year. Usually it's like, all right, yeah, sure. You held them to 40, but you only put up 50 points, something mm-hmm. like that. This year is a little different. I think that Virginia offense is kind of uh, unleashed uh, a, a new side and a new speed uh, of play, which... I think has been their downfall in years past where it's like they could just really slow it down and make games as ugly as possible. They're kind of showing an ability to kind of do a little ebbing and flowing. So I, I am excited to watch, but I'm, I'm taking the Zags in that one. My favorite part, one of the, my favorite parts about early season college basketball before you get into conference play is when you start to learn about schools that you didn't even think were like even possible. Like you would hear, even if you heard them in a video game, you're like, that's not even a real place. Like that's not even, that's not legit. Like I'm looking at one right now, Montana tech. I, who would have known there's a Montana tech Belmont Abbey. That's a school defiance apparently is a school. Emmanuel. Uh, I mean, you're Emmanuel's like, Boston. You're I know getting, Emmanuel. Okay, you're getting like double directional schools here. Um, one is Arc. Here's a great one. This was a fantastic game uh, played on November 29th. I just lost it for a moment, but I'll get it back. Um, it was actually the Thanksgiving Invitational uh, hosted by this school. It was Incarnate Word versus Our Lady of the Lake. I, I mean, what a mouthful there. Uh, that that might be the like the best name matchup that we've had this year. I'm not even going to try to look for any other ones. Um, Incarnate Word hosting our it was the Incarnate Word uh, Thanksgiving Invitational, and Our Lady of the Lake was invited. Yeah, I, I can't even click I, on their name on ESPN. 
that's pretty funny. No, I've never heard of either of those, to be honest. Our that, Lady I of mean, the Lake. Our Lady of the Lake is a is a school name, and yeah, uh, against incarnate word. I, that's my favorite part is to go through and just sometimes see like just the absolute most random possible school names that you can find. Like I said, you'll find like double directional. It'll be like Northwest uh, Valley State Northeast or something like it's just it's unbelievable. Uh, Regis University. I I didn't know Regis Philbin. uh, Rest in peace. But, you know, he started a school Um, college of coastal Georgia against Georgia Southern. Like that's double. You I mean, you have one that's a geographical term and the other one that's a directional school, a geographical school and a directional school. Uh, I mean, it's just, it, it gets, it sometimes just gets out of hand here. St. Louis pharmacy. There's a St. Louis pharmacy school playing basketball uh, and they lost because pharmacists are probably not that great at basketball. Um, that must be tough. St. To Louis, <laughs> Louis pharmacy. That That's literally the school name. Wow. That blows my mind actually, that that would be such so a team of future pharmacists. I think so. Yeah. They're just playing. It's they're just playing basketball, and apparently it's not even like intramural. Their jerseys just say pharmacy. <laughs> I just looked up a picture. The yellow jerseys just says pharmacy on it. That's <laughs> awesome. Oh I mean, God. I'm trying. My wife is a pharmacist, so I'm trying to think of like if she went to school and they just had like a basketball team. We're like, yeah, we play Nebraska once a year. No big deal. Like it. But wow. Learning a lot, actually. I know there, there's you. There's a lot of those schools out there. Um, they're the they're the the eutectics, um, in terms of their mascot. The what? The eutectics, um, which is just like a, um, I think it's just a mixture. I think it's a chemistry term. Um, <laughs> you'll have to ask your wife on that uh, to confirm eutectics. that. Eutectics. Okay. Yeah. 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 What? It's like a. It looks like the beast from Beauty and the Beast. What in the? You you know what? You might have to get her a uh, your wife. Oh my a god, this is perfect! Yeah, <laughs> I love this guy. He's like, yeah, he looks like the he looks like the beast from Beauty and the Beast. But then the low, do you see the logo? He's got like a he's got a, a mortar and pestle as he's like almost like running away, sprinting away. Oh yeah, I do see that logo now. I didn't see that at first. That's awesome. <laughs> that is ridiculous. St. Louis Pharmacy. They play basketball. That is their legit logo. Like that's on mid. That's at mid court. That is so wow. That that must be awesome, though. Imagine being in pharmacy and being able to play basketball. Let me see. Yeah, exactly. Being that smart plus uh, being that good at basketball. They've got a couple guys that are six seven, six six. Oh, actually, never mind. Albany College of Pharmacy and Health Sciences. That's like their biggest rival. Wow, they actually have a ton of kids on the roster, but only like half of them have jerseys. I've never seen that on AM. <laughs> they just swap jerseys. Maybe it's their practice team and they just have them listed on the roster. Maybe that's what it is. Oh, they have one kid who's 6'11. What? Oh, wow. Okay. Wow. Tallest pharmacist I I was, in the world. I, I was kind of expecting their tallest player to be like 6'3, to be honest with you. Just to yeah. Have, like... <laughs> oh, what is this, though? Oh, they're majors, business management. Oh, As, oh wait, no, I'm sorry. No, wait, no, I, I, oh. I'm sorry. I'm looking at the wrong team. I'm looking at our lady of the lake. Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Well, okay. there you go. You're learn learn something new. Uh, let's go on to uh, college <laughs> football here. Uh, 
playoff committee announced the four that are going to get into the playoffs and shocker to none. It's the exact same four that we have uh, been talking about for the last few months, just in a different order. Uh, flip around. It's Bama at the top, then Clemson, Ohio State, Notre Dame. So Bama will take on Notre Dame. Clemson takes on Ohio State. Um, I'll ask you first, Gilly, because I have my answer pretty well set in stone. But did the committee get it right with those four? I feel like you might have the most leeway here out of the two of us. Um. Okay. Y- yes, I think they got it right with that four. Oh, okay. I think beyond that, I think we we, we kind of might have a, a different conversation in terms of the, the five and six spots. Um, but I think all in all, I, I, I don't know. I, I don't think that, uh, in terms of my perspective, I don't think Texas A&M should have been in. Um, I don't think Florida should have been in. And those are the only real options that, that could have slid into that four spot. I, I understand the argument that everyone's going to make in terms of Notre Dame getting blown out by Clemson. Now they've earned the right to get blown out by Alabama. Um, but again, the the potency of that initial win against Clemson matters. Um, so that's where that's what holds them on. If they had never beaten Clemson this season and say that game got canceled or whatever, then it's a different situation. And I think that that opens the door for an A&M or even a Florida to mm-hmm. possibly enter the mix or another team that I'm sure we'll mention in a, a little bit here. Um, but yeah, no, I think they got it right in terms of, of this four. I don't, I don't care for uh, – well, I'm sure we'll talk about Dabo's more comments soon. I know he, he would have an entirely different top four with uh, Ohio State as number 11 and uh, just chaos. But I think between Notre Dame and Ohio State being the uh, um, uh, the other part of the, uh, the the four to the obvious uh, Bama and Clemson, um, I think that this is, this is it. How about you? Nope, I agree. I think the four is right, especially what the precedent you set earlier when – uh, Notre Dame beat Clemson. We all thought Clemson would be back in the playoff picture, but the fact that they went from number one to number three told you that basically that loss didn't mean anything. Um, and I said that last week on this episode was that the ACC championship wasn't going to mean anything. Um, not that, you know, obviously Notre Dame, I'm sure would have liked to play better. And had they lost a closer game, then it's an easier swallow for some other people. But the fact that they got blown out is just a little bit different uh, and tougher to a tougher pill to swallow for some people. But um, these are your four teams. And we we came here at the beginning of the year uh, when we first talked about who's going to be in the playoff picture. And we said these basically three teams, Bama, Clemson, Ohio State. Uh, we're not shocked to see those three in it. Um, I don't know really where Dabo's going with the whole Ohio State ranked 11th deal here, but uh, that's he's continuing to fight that fight for some whatever reason. Um, but we know those three teams will go in, and then the fourth was basically throwing Oklahoma because they're always there, or Georgia because uh, you know they'll be undefeated or they'll lose in a close game to Alabama in the SEC championship game, and there will be no one else to put in there because uh, who cares about the Pac-12. Or Notre Dame. I don't know if either of us had Notre Dame. I think we both thought they maybe would have. Uh, if they had lost to Clemson earlier this year and then lost the ACC championship as well, then yes, Notre Dame doesn't belong there. They've proven they can't beat Clemson. Um, they don't deserve to be in there. That's one thing. But they did beat Clemson. They did it. They Whether it was against Trevor Lawrence or not, they did do that. Um, and actually – if you look at the game against Notre Dame, Trevor Lawrence didn't make the difference there. That was Clemson's defense that made all the difference in the world. Notre Dame, uh, 
went down the field, could not punch the ball into the end zone on their first drive. Lawrence on his first drive threw a pick. He gave it back away to Notre Dame. The Irish, again, drive down the field, but then are unable to uh, score. They went for it on fourth down. Or actually, no, they tried to kick a field goal, sorry, and they missed it. So Notre Dame shot themselves in the foot, and Clemson's defense came up strong at the beginning of that game when Notre Dame had a chance to take an early lead and make it a ball game. They couldn't do it. Clemson's defense and Trevor Lawrence eventually took over the rest of the way. So um, for everyone that thinks it was Trevor Lawrence again that made the difference compared to the first game, nope, it was Clemson's defense. They got healthier. They got guys back. That's what made the difference in that game. Um, Texas A&M, we've already seen them get beat by Alabama. We've already seen it. Uh, we don't need to see it again. Um, you know, uh, Oklahoma, obviously, with two losses, we don't need to see them in it because we, we've already seen what Oklahoma is going to do against Alabama. It's nothing special. Uh, Cincinnati, look, the, the committee told you what they felt about Cincinnati. If you really look at it, too, their strength of schedule is like 77th uh, compared to the other teams that were kind of up there with Texas A&M and Notre Dame, who are both, I think, top 15 strength of schedules. So you can't. I'm sorry. Like you, I can't get around that. Like, I'm sorry, Cincinnati, you went undefeated. Sure. But who did you play? You didn't play anybody. Um, so they got these three, right. In my opinion, they are far, sorry four. You, cause honestly it's three. I, I don't think it matters who the fourth team is Notre Dame or Texas A&M. They're going to get beat up by Alabama. Um, doesn't matter. It just doesn't. Who cares? Uh, we've already seen Texas A&M get beat up. We're going to see Notre Dame get beat up. And at the same time, uh, I know I heard Dan Patrick talk about this, but it's a TV show. Um, what's a, a better TV show, Alabama versus Notre Dame or Alabama versus Texas A&M? Notre Dame, Alabama. Yeah, Right. It's going to draw more eyeballs. It's going to get more people to watch. It's going to get bigger fan bases. Is Texas A&M fun and exciting and new? Yeah, sure they are, but uh, they're just not. They're not Notre Dame. I'm sorry. They're not the exact same brand. Um, and Florida. Uh, did some people maybe think Florida deserved a shot at number four because they played Alabama really tough in the SEC championship game? Uh, they covered 17 points like I, and, and made it a shootout like I told you they would last week, Gilly, but um, I, I don't know. But again, the, they lost to A&M and LSU also this true. year. That's where it, you had so your chance. You're looking at a three-loss team in. Like, no, I'm sorry. If Florida, Especially that would be such a slap in the face to a team like Cincinnati. It's like, we went 9-0. Yeah. Like, if, Florida, if Florida had been undefeated going into that SEC championship game and the results play out the same, then yes, I think think you see Florida in a rematch with Alabama instead of Notre Dame. I think that's what you see. Um, or you see Florida even maybe, you know, drop from like what? Probably they'd be what, ranked second uh, to number three. So you don't get that rematch and get Ohio State, Alabama instead. But I think they got the four right. Um, like we said, we've been saying these same four names uh, from not even just weeks, months, for months since the beginning of the season. We knew these th three, four teams were going to get in. Um, so, it, yeah, exactly. I think they got it right. Uh, there's going to be people that complain, but, I mean, no matter how big the playoff is, you're going to complain about it, which brings me to my next question. Should the playoff be expanded? I wholeheartedly think so um, in terms of a yes on that. I think – I don't know what the number is, if whether it be eight or even expand to, like, I don't know, maybe it's a little ambitious, but 16. but the one big thing that's holding it back, and, and you might touch on this in a second, is I believe the TV deal um, that's tied to it 
Um, I think the college football playoff in general would lose out on a lot of money until I want to say 2024 is the year where it really opens up for them to be able to expand the playoff without um, uh, incurring a, a lot of lost money, um, which makes sense when you have the bowl games and everything like that. It sounds even like on a yearly basis, it sounds so simple to be like, well, what if you just make this bowl game that uh, the college football um, playoff uh, round of round of eight or whatever you want to call it first round. Unfortunately, it's not as simple as that. Um, so, yeah, I, I think it should be, and I can't wait until it is. But um, how about you? Are you a traditionalist? Are you, oh, you want the old BCS back? You're just, uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want the BCS back. I, uh, I do like having the human aspect of it. That's fine with me. Uh, Cincinnati, or not Cincinnati, the American Athletic uh, Association director, whatever, commi- commissioner, I think, uh, said, like, bring the computers back because. Yes, the computers might have been kinder to Cincinnati than the committee, but um, the committee is also like us. They have a human element to it that can say, you know, yes, this team lost, but did it matter? No. Um, I'm actually going to go with something I heard Joe Klatt talk about, and I was always in favor of expanding the playoff before he said this, but and I was kind of in the same line with this, but he provided me the, uh, I guess, the ammo and the exact facts to back this up as to why we need to expand it. College football, like, and I I just said this a few moments ago, we knew who was going to be in the playoff at the beginning of the season, Gilly. There was no surprise to this. Bama, Clemson, Georgia, uh, you can name off like five, six teams and every year interchangeable they're going to be in the playoff of Ohio State, Alabama, Clemson, Oklahoma, Georgia, LSU, Notre Dame, and uh, Oregon. There's eight. There's eight teams for four spots right there, and those are pretty much interchangeable year to year. But outside of that, there's really nobody else that's going to that's gonna break into that. We have not seen Florida in the playoff. We have not seen Michigan. We have not seen USC. We have not seen Wisconsin. We have not seen Texas, if they're back or not. Um, you know, a, a team like we haven't seen Penn State in the playoff yet. Um sure. We haven't. We came close to maybe seeing a team like Utah in the playoff, but we haven't seen them. Washington was in it one year. We haven't seen them since that one single year, and they got beat up by Alabama. the The moral of the story here is there is not much parity. And granted, it's college football. There's college sports. There isn't going to be a ton of parity. They're blue bloods for a reason. Schools stay on top because there is no draft or salary cap. Alabama is allowed to go out, and even though they already are the best team they're going to go out and still get the best players. That's how the college system works. That's just, that's life. But it's getting even more so now. Kids nowadays want to get to the NFL and they want to have fun doing it. They don't care about going to a program that's rich in tradition, but hey, we might not be the best team, et cetera, et cetera. They want to go to Alabama where it's going to be fun. They get to win. And then boom, I get to go to the NFL. They don't want to go. I heard Brock Purdy. They, they talked about his recruiting story the other day. He wanted to go to Iowa State to build something, to build a culture, and try and do something that nobody had done before. Brock Purdy's rare. You don't get that nowadays with, with these younger kids. Uh, they want to go somewhere there where they're going to have a chance to start and win, and they don't really want to have to build something. They already want it to be there. So let's go to Alabama. Let's go to Clemson. Let's go to Notre Dame. Let's go to Georgia, Oregon. Um but again, look at the, if you look at the recruiting rankings for class of 2021, number one is Alabama. Number two is Ohio State, both in the playoff. 
LSU's number three, down year, but we're in the playoff last year. Georgia's number four. They've been in the playoff for the last couple of years. Uh, Oregon, number five. They've been in the playoff. Texas A&M at six. That's a surprise, but Clemson at seven, playoff. Uh, Notre Dame at nine, playoff. Um, Oklahoma, 13, playoff. And, and you can look back at uh, the class of 2020 and pretty much get the same result. Georgia at number one, uh, playoff. Clemson, number two, playoff. Bama three. I mean, look at those three teams right there. LSU, Ohio State, Texas A&M, Florida, Oregon, Auburn. Um, I don't think Auburn's been in the playoff, but Oklahoma's in there. Again, you get my picture here that it's kind of making college football – the parity is becoming much less. And that's because teams are going to the playoff and the same teams over and over and over. There is no chance for another team to kind of break through and break that glass ceiling. Look at Texas A&M. You know, Texas A&M, we, we just talked about it. Whose brand is bigger, Notre Dame or Texas A&M? It's Notre Dame. Sorry, Texas A&M, you get left out. Um, if Texas A&M, though, makes the playoff this year, that probably does boost their recruiting numbers for the next couple of years. And once we see them in the playoff, we can say, they should be in there because we've seen them before. That's kind of the issue, and that's where I think it needs to be expanded. Eight teams is nice. I'd be fine with 16 teams. Even make it 24. Make it the top 25 matters. Make it being in the top 25 is a big deal. Um, are you going to see blowouts? Sure, but you're going to get those everywhere. You're also going to get some fantastic upsets, uh, and it'll make it fun. And again, it's going to make, I think, college football as a whole that much better rather than having these – these top eight teams get all the same big time recruits because they're always in the playoff. If you expand it, and I say, like I said, I say expand it big, make it 20. I don't know. Um, make it a big What's that deal. Look like, though? Huh? What does that look like when you have, if you have 20 or even 16 teams, well, and I, I'm, I'm, I'm on board with that in general, but from a practicality and just logistics standpoint, the last, what, what would that be? Four or five weeks of the season? Um, for these teams, are you are you kind of doing bowl games from from that point on, where it's yes. like get rid are of bowl considered games. bowl games? Get rid of bowl games and just kind of replace them with this. Who cares? Honestly, the, okay. The, no, I, the I, Duke's I, the Duke's Mayo Bowl. Who cares? You know they're fun. They're fun for fan bases. Uh, for for like those fan bases that don't get uh the big time athletes. Sure, they're fun. But um, I'll also argue this. Like you're, you're thinking of a fan base, say like Navy, who's going to sit there and be like, dude, we'll never get into the playoff. Like, it's not fair. We'll never be able to get in unless we have a real, I shouldn't say it. Navy sometimes finishes in the top 25, but you know, we'll never have a fair shot at Alabama. We'll never have a fair shot at winning a national championship and we'll never have a real true fair shot at recruiting. Uh, you know, what about the bowl game for us? My argument to that is Army Navy is bigger than any bowl game. You get that already, um, and and maybe that's not a great example, just because you know obviously yes they do have a huge game uh, in comparison to I don't know a team like Tulsa. Um, I was gonna say Tulsa, like a Tulsa, now, like a Memphis, like teams like that where it's like sure. kind of live on the peripheral. But I would also argue, what would you rather have, Memphis and Tulsa? Would you rather have a chance to go up against a Georgia and pull off that upset, or would you rather go to a bowl game like Tulsa is this year, the Lockheed Martin Armed Forces Bowl, to take on a 3-7 and seven Mississippi State? I'd rather have a chance to knock off Georgia. I know, but at the same time, that's how often is that going to happen? Whereas at least the bowl games, and I, I'm rusty on the numbers of it, but how many bowl games are there? There's quite a bit. So you're There's a lot. So you're looking at a, a 
much wider margin of um, of opportunity there for for those teams that are not going to be in the top 25. Maybe once every 10 years, they end up in the top 25 to have a chance to be in an expanded playoff. Maybe that what they want more is a competitive game in a bowl game against a, a team of a similar stature, whether it be in a different conference where you never see uh, that type of program like a, like that with Tulsa where it's like, Oh, Mississippi state. Like that's, that's interesting. They beat Mississippi state and that's like a big, like rah, rah. Wow. We can play with the sec. Let's go. Like that's uh, I don't know. I see the value in that. I, I understand your perspective on it. Cause I'm sure um, a ton of fans would agree and would want be like, you know what? No, I don't want postseason play unless I have a chance to win it all. That's kind of my mentality on it. But I, I, I do see how, how fun and kind of um, uh, it, how much more interesting it would make it, though, in terms of having bowl games still. Um, I don't know what the, the in-between is. That's the difficult part, right? Because if it's like, how do you do it where it's an expanded playoff, but then you also have bowl games? I just don't know how that would work in the sense of like, oh, say Miami gets bumped from the first first round of the college football playoff. Do you just slide them into a random bowl game? two two or three weeks after that like no, i don't know that just seems like that would be a nightmare yeah exactly so um so maybe maybe it is a kind of a situation where you kind of do have those um you give a program an option sort of where it's like do you want to opt into the uh the expanded playoff if you're invited or or do the bowl game thing maybe some teams are like ah we're 24th whatever let's just do a bowl game so we can actually have a shot at beating our opponent instead of getting trounced by bama i don't know I, i'm not sure if that would be a kind of decision that is made um but yeah no that's it's an interesting train of thought though in terms of what would I, happen even just money wise some of that yeah. is over my head where it's like i don't know what the what that would look like here's the other here's the other thing about it everyone complains about uh players opting out you know athletes opting out of bowl games you know how you stop that expand the playoff because you know who doesn't opt out of bowl games uh teams that are in the playoff i haven't seen any single player opt out of a playoff game so that's how you stop it right there um and have players play because they mean something the bowl games don't mean anything i mean we already see teams uh getting out of them you know what i would also love is uh for the teams and i don't know if you break this out into brackets maybe but i would love for teams to be able to choose their opponent like in the first round, uh, not like down, like Bama can't keep going down the line, but like Bama first round out of 20, out of the other 24 teams or 20 teams, 19 teams or whatever that are in the, uh, the field, the playoff field, like they are, I would love it for them to release like the rankings and then cut to Nick Saban on television and be like, who do you want to play? And Nick Saban's like, uh, we're going to play Tulsa. We choose to play, you know, that would be awesome. Uh, that'd be great TV. That'd be great entertainment. Fantastic bulletin board material because then imagine you're the coach that like picks that team and if you get upset by that team the other team comes back and you're like oh should have picked i'm just doesn't that create such great drama it does it does but the one thing that, that i would say on that though is that really exposes the human element of these uh these polls you know what i mean where it's like maybe a team like a northwestern or a north carolina right now that's sitting like 13 14 are they overrated in that spot? So it's like all of a sudden Clemson well, picks them instead of a uh, Oklahoma State or someone like hey, that would be an interesting true. dynamic to add, um, especially too because it it could prove too of like maybe certain schools know more than the pollsters actually do and the journalists that are actually casting these votes. So that would be that would be a fun element. I kind of like that. 
Yeah, like Alabama might say, like, we'll take Coastal Carolina, who technically is ranked 12th right now uh, over, like, Oregon, who's 25th. Yeah, Bama might be like, no, give us Coastal Carolina instead of Oregon. But um, I think that'd be fun. I think that'd be a lot. Now, like I said, you can't do that every round. You can't be like, Bama, you're on to the second round. Who do you choose? Like, the brackets then made. Um, to which point then you could argue, like, this team, like, if a team gets upset and then, you know, you're, I don't know, you could – you. you it creates drama all the way through the bracket. I think that could be fun. Um, but that's my point as to why I think college football playoff needs to be expanded. It allows more teams to get in. I mean, Northwestern had a magical season and a magical run. Indiana had a fantastic season. Iowa State had a great season. Let it continue. Let them get another – try to go for another win. I mean, you could be seeing Northwestern playing Iowa State. How much fun would that be to, like, move on to the next round, Northwestern, Iowa State, to take on, like, a Florida or Oklahoma in the second round? That'd be that'd be so much fun um, that we're, we're missing out on because, well – Again, we're stuck in this. Oh, but the bowl games matter. Do they? Did, did Gilly? Did you watch the Myrtle Beach Bowl uh, on Monday? <laughs> Appalachian State, no. North Texas. I, uh, you know what? I missed that one, but it's on my DVR. So I'll. Uh, exactly. <laughs> I mean, no, come on. We we all want to sit here and say bowl games matter up until it's like, well, did you watch it? Well, no. Well, then no, it doesn't. I, well, you no, watch your own not... team, but that. Exactly. Then watch, the but then you, but then you'll say like, yeah, but I watch like the Cotton Bowl. Okay, but the Cotton Bowl is going to be played. The Cotton Bowl this year is like still two ranked teams um, of Oklahoma, Florida. It's still going to get played, and you're still going to watch it. But now there, it's it, it's a winner go home mentality instead of just well, Oklahoma and Florida should be fun. So with this idea though, one of the other residual effects from it though, you'd have to shorten the season for the regular season. That's something that I don't know what you do, drop one or two non-conference games or, or, I mean, maybe you're saying, you know what, just add on to it. In which case, I'm sure a lot of coaches and even players would be like, that's adding an already uh, pretty uh, grueling season, adding some more time onto that. There's going to be more injuries. There are going to be more opt-outs potentially, depending on how seasons go. And also too, think about this, say Iowa State makes a run in this scenario. We do this this year. All of a sudden, they're they have a chance to win the national championship as a, a three loss team. Is is that a scenario? Which you might say yes. You know what? Sure. If they make a run, it's worth it. Is we that get what that you in college kind basketball of, and we love it? Yeah. No, I know. It's just not something that we're used to in college right. football. That's all. I which I I feel like some people would have a hard time accepting that, being like, oh, this is horseshit. Clemson lost to I don't know. You know what I mean? Like of whatever reason, like, oh, they're even in Ohio state, it's like they, they only lost one game this year, or even Bama say they lose in a fluky situation on one side of the bracket, but then Iowa state breaks through on the other side and they get, get to play in Ohio state or something like that, where it's an opportunity for them to kind of uh, maximize their opportunity. That, that, that'd be the kind of situation that I think, I think it would be fun, but I feel like some college football traditionalists oh, sure. would have a tough time wrapping their mind around, especially to those people. Cause there are people out there that are like, big on the BCS coming back still or like, oh, just they had yeah. it right back then. They just still have a want, national championship. Yeah, they still want like multiple polls that uh, you can claim national championships if finish in one <laughs> out of the like five. Um, now, to your point, Gilly, uh, LSU last year went 15-0. and That's 15 games. Um, that's one game short of a full NFL season, and those guys are being pl- paid millions of dollars to do that. I think you cut out non-conference games because obviously this year we saw pretty much conference only um being played and it didn't feel like we really lost anything in that regard so 
I think you cut out non-conference games, but at the same time, what I like about the playoff committee, and again, with with scrapping the computers, is that it's allowing teams to uh, schedule non-conference games a little more boldly uh, than before. The BCS, it was like, don't lose. You have to be undefeated to make it. Like, don't lose. And they were terrified to schedule uh, a tough non-conference game. Now, it's almost one of those where you can point it to it later down the road with the committee and say, hey, we might have lost, but get their top five team, and we lost to them only by a couple of points. Like, that could have went either way, and that was how long ago. We're so much better now. Um, yeah. Or, again, you point to it and say, we beat them. Like, we should be ranked higher because we beat them back in September. It al- I think it's, a- it's allowing teams to schedule tougher opponents, which is good, which is good and healthy for the sport. Yeah, I, I just dropping non-conference altogether, though. I don't know if I well, like. You don't that. drop just it altogether, but you cut it down. Oh, okay. Okay. Uh, but even, I mean, you start off with like what? I mean, let's take a look here. Uh, the risk I mean, get like, richer though in that situation. You know what I mean? So it's like those those teams like Tulsa, like Liberty, like Cincinnati or BYU. Even it's like all of a sudden it's like they they really need to either go undefeated or go with one loss to have a chance of being in the even an expanded playoff. So that's that's the problem with that because then it's like well. We better go run the table against our uh, our actual conference opponents if we're not getting a ton of opportunities to to play um, a power five team. So that would be the, the one thing I say about that. It's never going to be perfect, right? So that's part of the issue. Right. You're never going to be able to. Well, we saw Liberty against a top and, five opponent, so now we know they're not legit. It's like no, they're going to be. Most years we're not going to see that. We're not going to really know that. But I just feel like that that would be a disaster in the sense of like, how do you pull that where it's like a cluster of like undefeated. Um, kind of peripheral teams that are in bizarre conferences that are just going to be like 20 to 25. And then we don't really know how good they are. Some of them could be an actual threat to a top 10 team, but eh, we don't really know. That's that's what problem I would see arising. And what you lose too is it is the you know group of five teams. They need those that payday. They need that million dollars yeah. from those big schools to come and get crushed by 40 points to pay for some of their other programs, which – I mean, yes, that is kind of one of the things that you have to think about as well. But let's again uh, taking out non-conference, taking a non-conference schedule here. Uh, LSU last year, national champs, Joe Burrow, uh, yada yada. Here is their non-conference schedule: Georgia Southern at Texas, Northwestern State, uh, and Utah State. So there's four games right there. Uh, if you cut down that down to two. And you cut it down to like Georgia Southern and Texas, and then boom, you're right into conference play with you know Vanderbilt. I, I think that's I think that's fair. If you cut it down to two non-conference games, especially because you know, and especially if one of them is that, hey, here's your you know money-making game for the smaller school, and then a tough game against what was then uh, when they played them a number nine Texas um, on the road. You know that's that's fun. Um, I think that's something to go off of. You, you chop off, you know, at least two games on your schedule there, maybe even shorten your conference schedule by a, a week and uh, go on from there. But I don't know. That's my, that, that, that's my thing. And I know I got that from Joel Klatt. I knew I had figured I, I had a feeling and I was like, I couldn't tell. I was like, is that just how college sports work? Cause obviously it's how basketball works. Kansas, Duke, Kentucky, they always get the big recruits. Um, you know, they're always going to be near the top, but it's happening in college football as well. But it's just it's like eight teams that are always interchangeable every single year of the playoff. There is no, you know, 
there is no Iowa making it to the playoff or a Michigan State or like a UC not, or I mean USC, uh, Arizona State, and this year Northwestern or Indiana. You never see those where it could be a cool, fun story. Um, you, you just don't see it. So um, I did want to I, I did want to touch on this real quick because uh, I didn't tweet about it, but Nebraska opted out of a bowl game. Uh, after they beat Rutgers on Friday night last week, they asked Scott Frost if they wanted to play a bowl game. And Scott actually said, you know, I'll have to talk to the kids about that and we need to figure that one out. And I, I can already tell the national media or the crowd that was against Nebraska from the start is going to say, because Nebraska opted out of their bowl game, they decided they don't want to play. And I can already tell they're going to do the pull the whole, you know, oh, but didn't you want to play Nebraska? Oh, that's what you fought for. Um, here's what I'll say. That was way back in August, September, and they hadn't played any games yet. Yes, they just wanted to play football. They just want to have somewhat some semblance of a season, and they were able to get that. But if you listen to our podcast and listened a few weeks ago, we had, you know, Brian Brewster on the athletic trainer for the Michigan Wolverines hockey team. And he said, this is hard. Like this has been very hard to navigate a collegiate season at a D1 level amidst COVID and not get infected, not pick up the virus. This is hard. Um, I, I don't, I don't blame Nebraska and I don't blame any team if they decide they don't want to play anymore if they don't want to practice for another week or two for one more game if they want to go home and see their families for Christmas uh, Adrian Martinez the quarterback for Nebraska said he hadn't seen his family since March I mean that's a long time um, they have not lived a normal life don't think of it like they've gone out to the grocery store you know to their friend's house no they've probably gone from from school to practice to home and and had to worry about getting tested every single day. And they have not lived a normal stress-free life. I don't blame them if they're out of gas at this point. And I don't think anyone should. And I understand where there is probably going to be ignorant people, you know, chuckling and throwing snide comments at Nebraska for, like I said, aren't you the team that wanted to play so badly? But um, I, th- I, I, for one, I think it's, 100% okay if at this point of the season you're out of gas. I don't think it's been that fun of a season um, for anybody, you know, let alone Nebraska, but for anybody, I don't think it's been very fun. So no shame in it to me if you admit I'm tired. I want, I need a break at this point. Yeah. And even, I mean, and they're not even the one of the first ones to do it. So anyone criticizing them is also criticizing a number of other teams that have already kind of made that decision. Even uh, BC a few weeks ago at this point, right? I feel like it was two or three weeks now. Mm-hmm. They, they were a team that were like, you know what? This We had a good season. I think there was one, uh, a COVID situation with one of their upcoming games that kind of led to them making that decision. Um, but they kind of hung it up and said, you know what? We're not going to do a bowl game. We're going to end our season on this note um, and just keep it keep it as, as it is so players can spend time with their families over the holiday and everything. Mm-hmm. So. I don't know. And again, too, it's a, it's been a grueling season, like you mentioned. So I completely understand that. And I am, I don't know. It's, it, it's, it's gutsy to make that move too. Cause you know, there's so much money on the table that they're saying no to essentially to be yeah. in a bowl game and do, and even I'm sure it's gotta be a difficult decision for student athletes too, especially if you're a senior, it's like, man, it's our, kind of our last bowl game is hoping to get the, the PlayStation bowl. So I get a new PS five or whatever it is. <laughs> um, little things like that are probably like, man, bummers. But at the end of the day, they're just kids. So that's, I don't know. I completely understand. I, I would never 
give any heat to uh, a program that uh, decided to do that, especially this year. No, uh, this year is impossible and it is hard and I don't blame them whatsoever. And on the other hand, um, give Nebraska some credit. They did things the right way off the field this year. A lot of things did not go right for Nebraska on the football field this season. There's no doubt about that. But Nebraska never had to cancel a game due to their own COVID issues. Um, from what I heard, I don't think there's – I didn't hear of many people, of, if any, that within the Nebraska program that uh, was, was infected or tested positive for it. So, if anything, Nebraska did things the right way off the field. Now, it's tough to sit there and say, well, other teams didn't, like Michigan, you know, because Michigan's gone they're, – they're just, you know, they're in the weeds right now in terms of their football program and COVID. You know, it's hard to say whether they did things the right way or not, but – because it is a, it's a virus. It's an infectious disease. It doesn't play favorites. Um, you're in the midst of a pandemic. It's hard to not get it, you know. So yeah. uh, it, there's no, I guess, not saying that, you know, someone didn't do it the right way. But I'm just saying Nebraska, they, they didn't have to cancel a game uh, because of themselves. I Hats off to them for that. Um, we'll cover – the the playoff next week when it's closer and kind of a preview of the four those uh three games in those four teams uh but i want to finish off this week uh gilly with uh just what's your kind of your uh, bowl game that you're you're looking forward to watching what you think could be a, a low-key maybe fun bowl game like obviously the playoff is going to be fun you know there's some top 10 teams that are going to go at it that that'll be a good time but what's kind of a low-key bowl game you're excited about no, it's a good question. So I think the, the first one that comes to mind in terms of I'll kind of go more peripheral teams and then kind of get into bigger, bigger uh, names. But uh, the cheese it Bowl between Oklahoma State and Miami, that's kind of one of the first ones where in, maybe that's kind of a, <laughs> both two top 25 teams. So it's not like it's that much of a deep cut. But it's um, your pokes. I know. I And I tell you what, I think it's going to be a tough game for uh, for Oklahoma State. I just think that I don't know. I think Miami is going to feel like they have meat on the bone left from their season. And I think they're going to be extra motivated to try to end on a win. Um, Derek King is like so fun to watch. So that's another reason why I, I kind of am hoping for it to be a relative shootout. I know Oklahoma state's defense is pretty solid, but um, that that's a game that I'm going to be sure to tune into. Um, and then at the Alamo bowl with Texas and Colorado, it sounds stupid because I, I think Texas is favored by a bit. Nine and a half. This is, and I'm, you know what? I'm going to take Texas. Former, I already know. Former I am. conference rivals, former Big know, 12 matchup. This, these are the games I love though, because it's yeah. I, history just repeats itself in terms of a team like Texas ending on a super great win. Um, Ellinger is going to ball out, and then all of a sudden the narrative is going to come back for next season. It's like, well, Texas looked great against Colorado. I don't know. 2021 is that Texas's year? And it's, I just know what's going to happen. They're going to win by like 14. And then we're just going to keep it's just uh, completely, I don't know, Groundhog Day all over again with uh, with Texas. So those are kind of the, the big ones there. Um, I don't want to steal any of yours, but I also am curious to see how North Carolina looks in particular because it's um, against A&M. And I think mm-hmm. that could be a great opportunity for um, Sam Howell to uh, to really, uh, I don't know, put people on notice. I feel like he had a lot of hype as a uh, future NFL um, franchise QB coming into the season. but with an up and down year in terms of his own production, I think that that kind of wavered a little bit and he's kind of taken the back seat to even guys like Zach Wilson, obviously fields and Lawrence are up there, 
But um, so it, it'll be interesting to see if he can kind of not make a name for himself because I think he solidified um, his reputation. But if he wins and beats a team like Texas A&M, um, I think that that would be really cool. And it's also the whole Mac Brown dynamic too to that, where it's former Texas coach who had a lot of success against A&M. Does that translate to his uh, his Tar Heels team? I don't know. Very well. True. I, I think it might. But um, but yeah. How about you? Um, I'm a big fan of. Uh, I just had it pulled up here. I was looking for something else, but Coastal Carolina and Liberty in the FBC Mortgage Cure Bowl. Um, that's gonna be fun. It's on Saturday, uh, day after Christmas. That's gonna be exciting. Uh, when you're kind of looking for something to do, Liberty and Coastal Carolina. That's gonna be a fun game because that one was, um, if I'm not mistaken, they were supposed to play that before it got canceled, and then BYU slipped in for Liberty. If am I right there, Gilly? I'm pretty sure that, that's correct, right? I think you're That's right. How yeah. Went. yeah. Um, big fan of that one. <laughs> I'm excited for that one to get going. Uh, of course, the mortgage FBC mortgage cure bowl, always a classic. Uh, as we're talking about, can't get rid of those bowl games. God damn it. Um, the music city bowl, Iowa, Missouri, that could be fun. Missouri's kind of been low key. Uh, not terrible this year. Uh, Iowa's been playing really good football as of late. So that one, I think, uh, that one should be fun. I'm excited for that one. And then, um, San Jose State and Ball State will be fun. San Jose State beat Boise State for the Mountain West Conference title. Uh, Ball State, I think they lost the MAC championship. If I'm not mistaken, I'm pretty sure Buffalo beat them the other last week. Uh, and Buffalo Hi. plays on Christmas. Um, or am I wrong on that one? Did Ball State win the MAC championship? I'm trying to pull. Oh, Ball State won. So Ball State. It's the MAC champ. Okay, so MAC champion going up against uh, the Mountain West champion of and Ball State taking on San Jose State in the Arizona Bowl. Always great to have a bowl just named after a goddamn state. Um, but and it's it's two teams of state at the end of their name. Uh, so Ball State, San Jose State. I'm I'm big on the uh, the Group Five bowl games here, Gilly. If you can't tell. Um, that's what I'm excited about. If Michael Penix Jr. was playing, I'd be really pumped for Indiana Ole Miss. Uh, unfortunately, that's just not the case. And uh, so I- I'm big on those Group Five games: San Jose State and Ball State, Mountain West against Mac Ten or Mac Champ, and uh, and give me Liberty Coastal Carolina. That one's going to be fun. So those are my my low key bowl games this year. But um, that will do it for us. Episode number 29 of Verbally Committed. We'll talk about the playoff next week and Dabo uh, throwing shade at the Ohio State University. That pained me to have to say the, but I did. Yeah, yeah, wow. Um, I hate that you did that. Why did you do that? Oh, God, that hurts. Oh, my God. (laughs) But anyways, that'll do it for us this week. Michael, you have a very Merry Christmas, my friend. Merry Christmas to you as well. I um. I'm considering purchasing for a, a gift for you, a personalized uh, Eutectic fan cutout for the, uh, the <laughs> for St. Louis, uh, Louis, Louis Pharmacy School. Yes. $50. So it's, I, I you know, I, I have to be, I know it's a little, that's like your eye price, to be honest. Jeez. I don't know who they think they are. I was expecting yeah. a little bit. St. Louis not School not Pharmacy has to have some good boosters or something. My God. I, I, I don't even know how I'd be able to stream a game yet. So uh, we'll, yeah. we'll have to do a little bit more research. But um, but yeah, I, I hope you have a, a very uh, happy holiday. Uh, Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Chris Mahama Kwanzaa or whatever they say. 
Uh, but yeah, you said it pretty well. You can't say DJ Angale, but you can say that mouthful. DJ Angale. Oh yeah, I know. That's why you wanted Clemson to make a run so bad, just so you had more opportunities to say that name, just because you can. I know it. Yep. Gilly's so privileged that he has other people open his <laughs> presence for him. But anyways, oh, Mary. <laughs> Again, Verbally Committed, presented by Couch Guy Sports. Merry Christmas, everybody. Thank you for tuning in, as always. And we'll talk to you next time.